I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good morning and welcome to Collider Dailies. I'm John Algetz and I'm joined once again by Maggie Lovett. How you doing today, Maggie? Pretty good. You know, it was really great to actually see you in person this weekend. At your oh, yeah. Home. We we actually got a chance to uh, hang out a little bit there in New York. Uh, you know, we haven't spoke since New York Comic Con. So uh, what was your actual like? How was the con for you? How how was everything? It was fantastic, and it was very bookish. Almost everything that I did had to do with uh, a book uh, in some form or fashion, but it was a really, really fun uh, convention. Different um, from past conventions, but still very, very fun. How, how like, just different because it was so bookish, or was there uh, anything else about it that made it different? Um, You know, it was different and compared to conventions from the before times. Uh, it was also, you know, quite different in comparison uh, to the last convention that I went to uh, for New York Comic Con, which was right after the pandemic uh, kind of waned off there. Uh, and I think a lot of it's obviously due to the strike. It was a very different feeling convention. There wasn't quite as many studio setups out in that kind of bridge under past area uh and it was just a very different vibe this year uh so very curious to see what uh the convention pulls off next year hmm. yeah it was it was actually my first time ever going to new york comic-con oh uh and it was i had a ton of fun it was a lot of walking around oh yeah like just a lot of it and a lot of running from place to place i had interviews all over the place that i was going to but had a lot of fun with it uh great to see a whole bunch of coworkers and stuff that we yeah. never really get to see in person uh but yeah that was pretty good uh so we're gonna jump right into our first topic for today which is actually all about oppenheimer and it's a uh, home media release we have a date for that it is going to be releasing on uh, let's see here. I'm going to get through the list. Digital 4K, Blu-ray, and DVD on November 21st, which is about four months after its initial release. Uh, and that Blu-ray is going to come with, uh, I believe it was roughly about three hours worth of bonus features. And I got to say, this is probably one that is worth watching the bonus features for. The the actual like 
filming process like really anything when it comes to nolan and his filming process is always just so great to like dive into a little bit more and all the imax and stuff all the cool tech behind that it's so much fun to to learn about maggie are is this one that you're going to pick up yourself are you excited at all for this oh yeah so like i'm a historian so back when the barbenheimer thing was happening i uh, pretty much already knew where my uh, allegiance was going to lay and uh oppenheimer was just fantastic you know i'm a big christopher nolan fan i think i've seen all of his films in theaters except for tenet uh, since that was in a, a weird period of time, and I just thought it was phenomenal. And yeah, you're completely right. Three hours of bonus features, and you know, every single minute of that is going to be something people are going to just go crazy for. Uh, just like all of the other, you know, Nolan films and their bonus features, he always has really fantastic content uh, to consume afterwards. And you know, physical media is a dying art form right now, and I definitely want to make sure I contribute to making sure there's more of that in the future. It is certainly it it bums me out so much to say it out loud. But yeah, physical media is something that is dying. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of physical media. Forever physical is kind of my whole bag. To me, the the bonus features that we just talked about is like the reason why you should try to pick up physical copies, because Mm -hmm. like behind the scenes stuff doesn't get releases on streaming. You might see occasionally like small little bits and pieces put up on YouTube, but really that's about it. So I feel like when we lose physical media, when we lose DVDs and Blu-rays and all that, we're going to lose a lot of behind the scenes stuff, which is really a shame because there are a ton of filmmakers out there who credit watching bonus features Mm -hmm. with what got them into making movies. So is the next generation going to miss out on that? Is that going to be something that are we going to have less great filmmakers because there aren't people like watching behind the scenes featurettes? Oh, absolutely. I mean, even just thinking back on my own experience as somebody who consumed every second of the bonus features on things like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies or the Lord of the Ring movies. I mean, how how many of us know every little fun fact of filming Lord of the Rings because we watched all of the bonus features on those DVDs? But so many of those bonus features is like how I learned how a set works or, you know, looking to television, Doctor Who had the Doctor Who Confidential, which was part of the bonus features on the DVDs. And you got to see like what it was like to go to set. And there's all of this stuff that I don't see new audiences knowing about uh, because they're not getting access to everything that goes into making their favorite, you know, movies or television uh, shows. It is definitely something that we're going to miss out on. Uh, In chat, Vincent Zawada says, it's just becoming niche, not dying. It's sad, but it will still be around. I will say, yeah, that's, you're not wrong there. It is definitely going to be around for a while. It's it's not going to be dead, dead. It's just going to be kind of limping along for a while. But physical media will reach a point where it's just not, like, fiscally, smart for them to release a physical copy of it um so it might take like the stores are starting to cut down on their physical media sections and obviously that's a push towards you know amazon and online um marketplaces um but it is it is no longer the same world uh you can't really walk into stores and just look for any movie from the past 20 years on dvd the way that you were able to uh, even a decade ago 
Wasn't it Best Buy that just recently said that they are completely nixing the movie section? Yeah. Um, that and should Target, honestly really. Target did it earlier in the year. Um, oh, they reduced yeah. the number of stores with physical media areas. So. I mean, I guess it shouldn't like with Best Buy, it really shouldn't surprise anybody, considering that if you've walked into a Best Buy in the last <laughs> like year or even like up to five years you'll notice that it's been getting smaller and smaller yeah. and smaller last time i was in a best buy i think it was literally like an end cap that had like they had like john wick four and then a whole crap ton of marvel movies and that was it like that was their entire physical movie section uh it's it's definitely not something that I'm looking forward to uh, going away. Obviously, as you can see behind me, I really like physical when it comes to games, when it comes to movies, in all shapes, all forms of physical, even books. Like, I just so much prefer to have the actual thing. Uh, it's just, you know, it's gonna it's going to limp along, and then it's going to eventually go away. So a release like Oppenheimer being kind of a big deal, I think we'll see a boost in that for a little bit, but then... You know, it'll continue to go. Uh, so I don't really have a segue into our second topic, so we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, the Office showrunner is responding to the rumors of a potential Office reboot. Uh, so this is something that's been floating around for a little while. People have been saying like, oh, you know, we might be getting a, a reboot or a remake or whatever you want to call it, sequel series or whatever for The Office, uh, whether it's a, a Peacock exclusive or whatever. Uh, but... Greg Daniels actually responded. He said, quote, well, I think it's very speculative. The fact that it kind of blew up based on one line in a puck piece was kind of cool, I guess, in the sense that the fans still care a lot. But the thing I would say is when there's something to announce, I will definitely announce it. So sort of acknowledging that the rumors are out there, but not actually officially saying anything. Honestly, like, for me, when I hear about an Office reboot, the one thing, the the first thing that I think is, first, do we need it? And second, would it even really work in the same way that it did when the show originally aired? Yeah. I, uh, I have a lot of feelings about reboots, uh, particularly with sitcoms. I think that we should be investing our time and effort in new comedies from new voices, new writers, new new stories, uh, instead of rehashing things that already exist and we all already binge, because you run into this, this issue where the reboot is never going to be as good as the original for those fans, so they're still always going to go back to the original. I mean, there, we even have that issue with The Office already. There's people who only like the British Office, the original Office. And they're not going to watch the American office. And it's just this like weird loop of nostalgia. Um, and I wish that we could just get new sitcoms that go on for seasons and seasons and seasons and become our favorite comfort watches. Uh, so, yes, I mean, I'm I'm happy for the office fans if they want to reboot. But are they going to watch it or are they going to watch their fave? So it's a good question. So, so am I to assume then that you're not super jazzed on the Frasier <laughs> reboot that is currently uh, coming no. out? <laughs> I have not watched it yet. Um, you know, I do, I do like my tossed salad and, you know, scrambled eggs, but uh, I, I do like the original Frasier and, you know, I've heard the reboot is great. Uh, a lot of people have really enjoyed it, but there are a lot of uh, cast members that are not back for it. 
who were some of my favorite cast members from the original Frasier. So like I have not visited, you know, it yet. So, yeah. Well, okay. Then that begs the question. If there was, I know that you, you said yourself that, uh, uh, you know, that you want new things, but I'm going to ask you if there was an old sitcom that was going to get a reboot new or girl. a sequel series. What? New girl. New. I feel like that's really like, that's, that's a little bit more recent. I know it is very, it's very recent, but I, I could see that getting uh, a reboot uh, in a different city or like a different combination of things um, for those characters. But if, if we were going to have to reboot something that is, that's my comfort rewatch. So I'd be curious well, to see what other voices could bring to that story. That's fair. I, I got mine. It's Frasier. Oh. <laughs> so, Another one? Or do you like this Frasier reboot? I've only watched one episode okay. so far. And I will say that I've enjoyed it. Oh, uh, but okay. Although, I don't think that it would work today, but I wouldn't mind uh, Scrubs. Oh. If they, if they wanted to redo Scrubs, remake it, reboot it, whatever. And not like the reboot where it was like there was a season that was a soft reboot. It was <laughs> Uh, that one I wouldn't mind, but that's just. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, but speaking of things that we love that are coming back, at least that I love, I don't, I don't quite know how you feel about this franchise. Uh, Alien. Yeah. Fede Alvarez's uh, Alien film. Apparently, Ridley Scott has seen it, which makes sense. He is a producer on it. So it would make sense that he would watch it. Uh there's a director's cut there. That's the stage of the uh, editing process that they're at. Usually there's a director's cut and then like there's studio notes, producer notes, all these sort of things. And it gets cut down and then it gets down to what we see in theaters. So we're still a ways out, but really Scott saw the director's cut apparently. And he said, I have to decide if I want to swear or not. <laughs> uh, he said, it's effing great, which yeah, that that as an alien fan, that fills me with so much just happiness and like I was already excited for this because I actually I I have quite a bit of trust for Fede Alvarez. Uh in my opinion, Evil Dead 2013 might be one of the best horror films of the last 10 years. <laughs> so seeing what he can do, I was certain that he could, you know, obviously absolutely nail alien uh but now that ridley scott is kind of signing off on it it definitely fills me with some confidence about it how are you feeling about it uh i have seen some of the alien films i wouldn't call myself like a, a big fan of alien uh but i do like fede alvarez's work uh did you ever see the calls that uh came out i think it was apple tv in 2021 i think that he did which was a completely audio project with a bunch of like insanely talented, like a list actors. Did you see that? 
No. Okay. So I feel like a lot of people slept on this show. It was on Apple TV plus. It is phenomenal. Um, I recommend it, you know, listening to it rather than watching it. They do have some like audio, you know, bars on the screen, but it's completely audio and it is phenomenal. And he definitely knows how to play with like suspense and horror and crafting like an emotional reaction to what's happening, which I think will work really well for Alien. I, I will say that it makes sense that I haven't watched that because outside of Ted Lasso, I have literally watched nothing from Apple TV. Well, now you can add something to your list to watch. I do have quite the list because there are quite a few things on there that I hear are good. I just, there's Time. so much, so yeah. much to watch. Um, the I will say that when it comes to, when it comes to Alien, uh, the one thing that is making me have a little bit of pause mm -hmm. is... The last Alien film was not my favorite, uh, is the kindest way to put that. And that was a Ridley Scott joint. Um, <sighs> Covenant left me with such a bad taste in my mouth for Alien films. And as a franchise, they are well in the area of uh, there are more bad films than there are good. Uh, so it's a little bit worrying as much as i trust the people behind it i am trying to be cautious about mm -hmm. my hype levels um but you know if ridley scott says it's it's effing great it's probably at least pretty good yeah and that's really all you can hope for for the what is this the fourth or fifth nine not oh wow i'm way behind that my alien let me think of this alien aliens alien 3 alien resurrection too alien, too, too, too fast, too alien. Uh, if we count Alien vs. Predator, which I'm going to, Alien vs. Predator, Alien vs. Predator, Requiem, uh, Prometheus, Covenant. Yeah, this would be nine. If you don't count the Alien vs. Predator films, this would be seven. Alrighty then. <laughs> I am a few films behind. But yeah. I guess, you know, enjoyable is all you can hope for when you're this far into the franchise. It is true. And of those, the only two that you can like definitively say are good are the first two. Alien 3 sometimes gets looped in there. I would loop it in there, but some people wouldn't. Uh, so I guess this, this leaves me with a question for the audience. Are you guys excited for, uh, what are they, what are they calling it again? Alien Romulus is the, uh, purported title. It's not confirmed. Uh, are you excited for it? Do you consider the Alien versus Predator films to be part of the <laughs> Alien franchise? Should they count? Uh, be sure to let us know in the comments. You can tweet at us all that lovely stuff. That is actually all that we have for Collider Dailies today. Uh, but do not fret, for we shall be back tomorrow. In fact, it shall be me and Maggie again tomorrow. So you can see our lovely faces talking about all sorts of movie news and things of that nature and spewing out our hot takes about how we don't want an Office reboot because we, <laughs> you know, hate fun. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, everybody, uh, thank you for watching, uh, and we'll see you next time.